You're listening to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast, a podcast that inspires conscious leaders to live meaningful lives and to get in touch with the deepest parts of the human experience. My name's Chelsea Zerna, and I'm a women's empowerment coach with the mission of rewilding the feminine back into society. Each week, I have a conscious conversation with best-selling authors, inspiring leaders, and spiritual lightworkers who aren't afraid to step into the unknown and explore the greatest truths of life. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast. I'm sitting here with Yarik Seferro, aka Coach Yari, and she is the founder and creator of Unleash and the Soul Body Method, working to ignite personal freedom and creativity in others. She's a world-renowned, inspirational, transformational health and fitness personality based in Los Angeles, and she's been featured on TLC, MTV, Women's Days Magazine, and many others. And Yadi and I both have a passion for ecstatic dance and movement, and I could not be happy, Yadi, to have you on this podcast. Welcome. Ah, dude, thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, I love how excited you are and I love seeing your face. (laughs) And I'm really just overall just enthused to ignite people, right? Like that's my jam. Yes, I love it. Very cool. We share that in common for sure. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear a little bit about um, how Unleash got started and really your why behind it and the fuel that kind of drove you to creating something that was so embodied in self-expression. Okay, so that this is going to be a long-winded answer. (laughs) I'm just going to preface that. Okay. Um, You know, Unleash is what I find to be the raw, pure energy and truth that exists in all of us. Mm, yeah, And that's the energy of Unleash. It's like your most authentic, fully self-expressed way that you can be. And I wasn't that before. Yeah. Right. So I know what it's like to be withheld. I know what it's like to be constrained, constricted, um, held back, leashed. And the reason why I know this is because growing up as a kid, many different factors played a role, right? Like the parents, of course, played a role, divorce, different kinds of belief systems. Um, they were authoritarian, which meant that it's, it's more like their way. And if it's outside of that scope, then it's wrong. So I was wronged quite a bit, um, through not that they knew that they were wronging me, but that's just the way it was. And then the other half of that is that I, you know, I was born in Puerto Rico and in Puerto Rico, I felt like myself. But when I moved to the mainland in the States, I got to live in Tennessee and I was about eight years old. And so ages eight through 12, I had a period of time where I didn't fit in, where I wasn't like anybody else, where I was bullied, where I experienced racism, where I was called ugly left and right, where boys, I would ask them out on a piece of paper with that little square boxes, <laughs> yes or no, and they would all check no. And, you know, having been rejected and pushed away made me feel really insecure, really shy, introverted. I didn't know who I was. I literally couldn't look at people in their eyes um, as I was growing up. And, you know, there's turning points that occurred. And one of the turning points uh, was when I was in 10th grade in my math class, there were these two boys. And at one point we were having a conversation and I 
apparently was looking down at the floor. And one of the kids said, he's like, daddy, why do you look down at the floor when you're talking to me? And I was just like, well, I don't know. And then I looked at the floor again. And then he's like, well, you know what that means is that you're insecure, right? And I'm like, okay. And he's like, but don't worry, we're going to help you. So him and his friend literally decided to, um, when we would have conversations, he's like, whenever we have a conversation, you're going to look at me and, um, and this other kid, I can't remember his name, but, uh, you're going to look at us in the eyes when we're talking to you the entire time. And so it took three days for me to actually be able to look at them in their eyes. And forevermore, I was changed in that moment to actually look at people in their eyes. And the reason why I don't want to look people in their eyes was because I was so afraid to be seen. Mm, And so I felt that by looking at people in their eyes, I would be seen. And I was so insecure and didn't know who I was that I didn't want to experience rejection. So as life went on, fitness came on board online, you know, at the age of 19, I competed in, uh, you know, an MPC competition thinking, Oh, cool. When I get this body, then I'm going to be really happy. And all of my insecurity and wounds will go away. And did that. I actually became more miserable because now I was enslaved to having this body that would offer me my sense of worth. And if I didn't have the body, then who am I? Right. And so it was this yeah. upkeep and this maintenance of this body. And I was like, this can't be right. I can't continue to eat tuna, brown rice and chicken every single day just to maintain this body. This is crazy. And then that's how spirituality came about. Right. And through spirituality, teaching and coaching people throughout the, the you know, time of helping them lose weight, et cetera. That's when, um, ultimately little by little I started breaking through more and more and of course becoming more of a leader I got to be on MTV and TLC when I auditioned for these shows and um there's a lot of passion behind it yeah so there were weight loss shows um and so one of them was called I used to be fat the other one was called fat chance and one was in 2011 and I trained these kids to transform their bodies um and from there you know like there was a lot of passion in doing that because I wanted to help them from a sustainable way, not from the place of, you know, thinking that when they have this body that they're going to be happy because that's not the truth. It's also not true when you think that you have the wife, the boyfriend that you're going to be happy. It's not true when you have the car that you're going to be happy. It's not true when you have the house. It's not true when you have tons of money that you're going to be happy. So all of these external factors are the things that we think are going to create happiness when in fact, all that's really going to make us happy is the connection that we get to have with ourselves in our truth and freedom of how we get to express. Mm, Yeah. I highly resonate with that. Yeah. And so then finally there's this part of me that felt that I was a bad dancer. Mm -hmm. And there's this part of me that felt like I couldn't dance in front of people, like even in clubs in the way that, I probably wanted to part of it was because I was like, Oh, this is going to be way too sexy. I'm going to get the wrong attention. Um, these moves are going to be funny. Um, people are going to like make fun of me when I dance, all of these things that I had in my head that really created a lot of fear around dancing. But my soul was like knocking at my door and 
that's when in 2017, just two years ago, that's when it literally beckoned me. And I ended up doing a plant ceremony um, from 2016 turning 17 that year. And that literally cracked me open mm. to remembering how my soul wanted to dance. Wow. And that's what literally was the thing that I couldn't hold back any longer. The plants just gave me the permission, but it was a long time coming, mm, right? As sure. all of these, yeah, you know, as all of these layers of the self-work and the personal development that we do, we unravel and undo layers. Yeah, and constantly. It's like constantly. a never-ending journey. Too. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it was just like the thickest layer of all was finally like, like unleashed, mm. like literally the wildest, my wildest self was freed and it was through my body. And I believe that we all have this energy yeah. inside of us just waiting to that. come out. Cause that's a really big transition to go from feeling super caged, not wanting to be seen, going through this transformational journey, potentially stepping into spirituality, having a plant medicine, plant medicine ceremony, and then having this huge breakthrough. Like, how did you go from point A to point B so rapidly and then unleash yourself <laughs> and then create this culmination of an event series that also helps other people do the same thing? Yeah. I mean, it would appear to be rapidly because Unleash has grown really fast in the year and a half because I unleashed two years ago. Unleash started a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And um, and it feels like, oh my God, but that was so fast. And on my first event, I had 75 people. Now I'm having almost 200 people at my event without even doing like Facebook marketing, really. Like this is just organic. Yeah. And, and to people would think, oh, this is, wow, like, how did you do that? But this is an entire life's mm -hmm. journey yeah. to get here at my most authentic self-expressed because why? I faced all my fears. I, have, I continue anything that makes me scared. Mm -hmm. I literally go and lean into it. I'm like, oh, oh, that's making me scared. That's closing me up. I can feel the tension in my body. What's that about? What's the opportunity in that? And get curious and actually go into the exploration, even if it scares me. Um, I remember like speaking uh, in front of others being one of my biggest fears. I think, you know, speaking on stage is one of, I think it's the number one fear, right? If, of, amongst all people, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, of, you know, besides death, I think it might be, I don't know if it's number one or number two, actually. But um, so what did I do? When that, when I could feel like, oh, but there's a message that wants to come out. But I used to sweat pools of sweat, even watching speakers on stage. And there's a part of me that knew that I was meant to deliver messages. And I was like, oh my God, I'm feeling scared. Okay. So I'm going to take this $8,000 fucking dollar course that's going to help me, <laughs> you know, do this. And, and I, the reason I mentioned $8,000 is because. I had $500 in my account, which oh my is God. another layer, which yeah. is another layer of fear, right? Yeah. Like we don't have the money to do that. We don't have the time. Mm -hmm. Usually those things play a role. And I'm mentioning that because when you do take the leap, boom, all the doors begin to open. Yeah. So, so like anything that scares me in this life, I go towards. So you took um, an $8,000 course to, to get into public speaking? 
just to break through the fear of public speaking, not yes. even to get into public speaking, but just to break through the fear of it. And, and for you, I that felt, worked. And for me, that worked because I, and wow. literally when they, when they asked people, when I went there and when they asked people, uh, there was like 200 people in the room. And when they asked people, okay, who wants to get laser coached, you know, on stage. And I was trembling so much when they asked that question what did I do? I literally stood up and raised both hands. <laughs> so, so the complete opposite of, of like, well, what is it going to take to break this fear? I'm going to have to go full throttle. Um, and that's just been the way that I've oh done God. life. Yeah. Um, because I, I remember just experiencing my life in a way that was dull, mm. that felt boring that felt like what what's even the point of this i'm not really enjoying myself um disconnected in relationships uh like all the things that i would be just consistently like going on roller coasters of sad and happy being in relationships that would you know try to validate my worth and then when they were out of the picture i would literally be distraught for like an entire year after a breakup mm, and yeah. why is that because like i depended on something outside of me to give me the happiness mm -hmm. and it's because I wasn't being myself yeah right mm -hmm. that's really what it boils down to and so I'm here to sure. to help people break through their fears I'm here to help people get back into their passion mm -hmm. ignite their passion because we need every piece of the puzzle on this planet and every single person here is part of this puzzle that unites us all and when we can embrace our individuality, our uniqueness of who we are, I mean, what a gift to the world we are. For right? sure. Because For sure. I can't, like, sometimes like, I think to myself even, and I don't know about you, but like the way that I show up for Unleash with the level of energy that I show up and the level of authenticity and the level of love that I show up, like people would be missing out on that experience because I would be denying that to myself. So I wouldn't be happy yeah. and other people would not get to receive that. And so I think usually about others um, before myself, mm. you know, how am I going to impact this other person or the world or whatever for sure. So, Which mm -hmm. almost puts your fear on the back burner because when you're thinking yes. about others first, it's like, okay, this is not about me. Like I'm here for a purpose. I'm living out this purpose. Even if I have fear, I have to do it. Like I don't have yeah. fears. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm being called to do this and it's like, it, it's, it almost feels like you don't have a choice. We always have a choice, mm -hmm. but it almost feels like. It's just such a burning it's like, Listen, it's like. Like, yo, like I'm so passionate right now about talking to you about this because it's like, we have one life mm -hmm. in this body. Yeah. We have, we have many lives, right? I do believe in many lives that we get to have, but right now in the way that we are manifested into form in this particular body, what a disservice mm -hmm. it would be to show up in this vessel and in this vehicle of a body to get to experience life so sensationally and feeling all the pleasure and all the joy and all the bliss and all the magic and to not do it 
are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> For what? Sure. What? No, no. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you, you get to choose. So you get to choose. And like, you can choose to stay here and play it safe um, and lead a sort of a little bit of a mundane life. If you choose to do that, that's cool too. I just really want people to ask themselves, like, how would they really wish and desire mm-hmm. to live their life? Like, for sure. What's their dream? And now for you, now Unleash is this event of expression. And for those of you who don't know, it's an ecstatic dance type of expression-filled event. Is there anything else that you could yes. say about it? Yes. So Unleash is an intentional guided dance journey in which people get to experience their full level of expression. So it's not only through the dance, it's also through the voice, through moving like primal, like animals, through connecting back to their roots and remembering the natural sense of self, which is not that of what I think of myself or filters through selfies. It's really authentically getting to know what it feels like to allow yourself to do whatever you want when you have full permission to be you, who would you be? Mm. So at Unleash, we also have themes that connect people all together. So I guide the journey. So there's not anybody that's excluded. Everybody is included in this collective intention of unleashing, Mm. which is what makes it so powerful. It's the intention behind it, how everyone is united and everyone is in celebration of each other and also pinging off each other in inspiration, Mm -hmm. right? And even professional dancers, because there's the people that are scared of dancing that come to Unleash and that's one audience. Then you have the people that are actually professional dancers and what they say is, that the way that they get to dance at Unleash is unlike any party that they've ever been to. (laughs) Because usually what happens with dancers is that they're watching each other, they're judging um, who's dancing better than the other, who has the skills, and they sort of sit around and watch each other in this, you know, hierarchy of a show. Mm -hmm. This is a complete unison. There is no hierarchy. You know, not even for me that I lead the way. I walk amongst everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm just there at to to prompt and guide each person to be in their fullness. Mm-hmm. So at whatever capacity that might be. And then we also bring artists. Um, this next one is called Ritual. And Ritual is about a tribute to Mother Earth on top of it all. Mm-hmm. So we're dancing in celebration to something that is outside of even the self. It's in tribute to the life and in honor of what Mother Earth gives us. And so when we're going to be there dancing, the Earth is going to feel that. The energy is going to literally transpire and go through and penetrate throughout the energetics of the world. Totally, totally. I resonate with this so much. Ecstatic dance... I would say quite literally changed my life. Like I, I resonate with the story so much. I was extremely unexpressed. I would say very much in my, um, 
I, I would say mask of masculinity in a way. Like I felt yeah. like I was very much in a shell, very much in the corporate world. And mm. um, I went to um, Mind Valley University last year, about a year, a little bit over a year ago. And I found ecstatic dance for the first time there. And I literally became obsessed with it because it was such yeah. a transformational event. Just like you said, like, those two types of groups, the people who are scared to dance and then the professional dancers that kind of like look at everybody else. I felt like I was both of those in one. Like I'm definitely not a professional dancer, but I, I've been dancing my whole life and I actually feared mm. dancing in front of other people. And, mm. and, and I, I, I was contained, but I wanted to express. And ecstatic dance was the one thing where I could just go out and and like literally unleash myself and like get into my own aura and my own being. And I felt like I could just, I wasn't judged. I wasn't judging myself. Mm. And I was able to kind of just like get into my body and tap mm. into my intuition, which is honestly how I, th I feel I tapped into my own feminine essence again. And I yes. became obsessed with it. I started dancing all over the world. And like every city I went to, I'm like, where's the ecstatic dance here? I want to go. If there's not one, I'm going to create one. <laughs> and literally yes. when I went back to Atlanta, that's how I felt. I was like, I need to dance. I need to move my body. And the culture in Atlanta isn't, ecstatic dance isn't huge here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's growing for sure, but mm -hmm. it's so healing. I feel like the whole population just, I feel like I need this and I can't be the only one that needs this. Oh, 100%. Like this is, this is, I feel like dance is one of the most accelerated forms to bring people into a state of awakening and ascension. And the reason why I say that, um, even above meditation and above yoga is because dancing has a very quickening effect of not only dropping you into your body fast in a non-linear way, mm -hmm. right? So the expression is even that much more feminine, which if we've been in our masculine for so long, right? In, in, you know, this entire lineage of time. Yeah. Like what is the fastest way that is most feminine and drops you into a level of play and joy and connection to others? Um, meditation is amazing. It's also a self, you're, you're by yourself, right? Like, so you're not really connecting with other people. Yoga, you're also on your mat. Mm -hmm. So it's not that one is better than the other, but what I'm saying is that right now the world needs a form that unites us in group and community where we're connecting in a nonlinear way that drops into, into our most playful and joyful states of being like this. Yeah. And I feel like in that, the ripples of the energy can break through all of the linear patterns that we've been experiencing. So this is just my take on how dancing is, is this medicine that is being called forth literally everywhere in the world right now. This is why you will see dance is the most popular thing that will rise in this time and in this Aquarian age where everything is innovative. And it's about your unique 
self-expression because every person has a different way of expressing their bodies. Mm -hmm. There's not just certain postures. It's not something to follow. Mm -hmm. It's how can you follow your own truth? Yeah. And your own being and in that same light, connect with others, accepting them in their expression. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. It's like, it's like when you start accepting your, your own being, it's also easier to start accepting them, not judging them and also vice versa. And as you accept yourself, you then accept others because usually the judgment is on you. And that would be the reason why you would project out onto other people. For sure. So as soon as we can allow ourselves to do the weird movements, to do the sexy movements, to do, I specifically, by the way, I also want to mention this, this is really important. At Unleashed, there's a lot of lower chakra activation, meaning a lot of our sensual and sexual um, chakras come to play. Mm -hmm. And I really want to be an advocate for releasing people from the shame that comes with sexuality and sensuality mm-hmm. that we've been so yeah. programmed that is wronged um, and, and allowing people to feel comfortable with that earthy primal sense of self that literally will power us up because we're already very here in these chakras. Mm-hmm. So this will literally give life to the rest of us in a way that's integrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I absolutely resonate with that. There's definitely a lot of shame around sensuality. And also, especially with things like the Me Too movement as well, it's yeah. almost like allowing us to get comfortable in that. Because I think there's a lot of people who, um, especially um, when someone is denied something or they feel that it's taboo, it's almost like a... Um, it's almost like it's hidden and then it's repressed. And then if people are not able to receive that, then it's almost like the Me Too movement can be solved through all of us getting more comfortable in our sexuality and being able to express ourselves because it's not a repressed energy. We're expressing it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so if we can allow ourselves to be in touch more with our primal self in that expression, there's not going to be a, like what you, what you just said, that suppressed energy then then leaks out in ways that aren't healthy, mm-hmm. right? In ways that are predatory or, and I feel like if we can come together with, where both men and women are, um, you know, in a, in a space that feels safe, to be all of who you are and sacred and also, you know, to a degree um, sort of given certain parameters, right, of how to respect each other and authentically relate. Um, It's almost like reteaching how we relate to one another as men and women as well, because this hasn't quite been done before um, in this way. So I feel like it gives a lot of opportunity for our growth, like Adam Leash in particular, and and I see this also at five rhythms I mean, and all the dances, ecstatic dance as well, because I, I think that they do create certain boundaries and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, at Unleash though, there's, there's a way in which I just share with people how to respect each other in the dance. It's like, look, if you want to, if, if you guys make eye contact and the person approaches you to dance and you're not comfortable with it and you want to be in your own energy, 
you just go like this. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, but it's not taken personal. And I really state that, that this is not personal. It's just, this is how we choose to be in expression right now. And as we come into the dance between men and women, where they feel safe, then more expression gets to happen without it feeling invasive, without it feeling like you're like, especially women being sexualized. Um, I, I want to make mention that in my last unleash, uh, was called own it and own it. I thought it was like, Oh, cool. Own it. Like every theme is downloaded for me. So it's not like I even created, but like when I was there for own it, there was a moment in time that I experienced that it felt like I had a lobotomy. It felt like, my brain was removed of who I even am. And it was hard for me the day before Unleash to be like, oh my God, I'm going to go into own and I don't even know who I am. How am I going to own what? How am I going to tell people to own anything when I don't even know who I am? That's usually I get these initiations that get that happen to hold a certain frequency and vibration at Unleash because there's lessons in each and every theme. And what ended up happening was that I, what I was owning the next day was a full on level of vulnerability. And in that vulnerability, um, naturally the pasties that I was wearing weren't sticking. <laughs> so what did I decide to do <laughs> was like, Oh, well, I'm just going to take them off. Can you just put sparkles on them? And that's what, you know, my, the, the, I have a team of people and there's been dazzlers and this whole fun thing. Um, so they just put sparkles on them. And I remember greeting people in and these women like just looked at me and I'm just very comfortable in my skin. Yeah. So, so they were like, Oh, can I, can I take off my top too? And I was like, yeah, I'm like, of course, this is on leaf. You have full permission. And so at least six women took off their tops because they felt that safe and comfortable and not once did we feel sexualized and it's because of the container of not having anything even around it that it's wrong to even have our nipples out mm -hmm. right if i had the thought that it was wrong the frequency would change in the space yeah and that would create a discord so it's really also about whoever is holding the space to be in full integrity of what is what you're actually there to hold yeah so I just, you know, I commend all the courageous people that are stepping up to even lead these things like yourself, right? Like you, you're doing this too. And it takes courage. And ultimately, we're causing people to gain the same courage that you have, right? Because it's in all of us. Everything that whatever people see in you, it's in them. And so we're just being the permission slip of what's already theirs. You know, I'm not creating followers. I'm causing leaders mm -hmm. to lead themselves, mm -hmm. right? So, and I feel like that's the responsibility. It's to allow people to be exactly who they are and you just get to be yourself and you just get to be the permission slip for them to be whoever they're meant to be in the world. Mm -hmm, totally. And how do you see Unleash or this movement and your why kind of changing the world? And how do you see the world shifting because of it? Oh, the, the way that I envision Unleash, even if you think about the word, right? It's this expansive, expressive, untamable, unstoppable force. Mm -hmm. And 
the way that that ripples is simply by the experience that each individual that comes to Unleash has. And that like people keep inviting people flying in from Texas, flying in from the East Coast just to come to Unleash. And I understand that I'm going to be invited more and more. Like I just got invited to do, for instance, um, I went to High Global Leadership Summit and I got to do Unleash for 65 different countries that were present. No way. Um, That's um, amazing. So the world came, right? And I I was there to host this for world leaders. So these people who are world leaders, when they are expressing themselves, they get to go back. Mm. and impact their people totally yeah so that's how unleash and all of these dance movements that are happening get to create the ripples totally yeah and And that's huge too like helping corporations and people that are leaders that don't that are not in this space like you and I we've both transitioned or are have been in this space of consciousness spirituality now we're super expressive right but there are so many people that are leading organizations that feel so repressed and that just like you said like it's kind of the leader and that energy ripples out to their people same thing in a corporation or same thing in a in any organization like if the leader is repressed in any way or they're not fully expressed their their people are going to also feel that way exactly and so i feel like unleash is going to be there for corporations we're going to be part of certain just events and and whether big or small that people will invite us to festivals that people will invite us to to come and show up and really just bring this pure, raw, joyful, blissful, magical energy that belongs to all of us and allowing people to be embodied and integrated mm-hmm. because the, the disconnect that we're having is that we are not embodied. And so we have a lot of thoughts that can't come into form because we're not dropped into our bodies. Mm-hmm. So how can we get people to express more so that their level of even leadership or however they show up in the world, whatever that might be, how can they show up more like themselves authentically? And that's through the embodiment piece. Um, I watched Marianne Williamson as I went to the Hive Global Leadership Summit and she's running for president in 2020. I love that woman. She transformed my life by reading her book, A Return to Love. I literally went front and center to watch her. I was the first person at the door. I was so excited. (laughs) And I was like rooting her on. One thing that I acknowledge though, um, that if I were to improve anything, right, about the way that she shows up, it would probably be to drop her more into her body. Mm. And when she expresses on stage, it could be felt that much more. She's already felt. And her words are piercing because she's bringing a level of consciousness that has never been brought before to any type of political, you know, candidacy. And so she's already like, but if she were to be even more embodied and dance even more or did it more, I don't know what she does as a practice and, and, you know, like whatever she does, she's amazing. And I love her and I want to reinstate that. But I, I truly felt like when she was making certain gestures, I was like, wow, like if she just like 
was more embodied, like I feel like it could be even more felt and, um, and, so you and felt those that she things. really wasn't embodied. Like you felt that there was something kind of holding her back. Oh, or she holding her back. I, I, yeah. Mm. Correct. Like, I think that you could see when somebody is uh, holding back in their expression, right? Like there's yeah. a tension, there's a, a linear sort of movement to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just because I've gotten to observe bodies since I was 19 years old. So I have a very, you know, keen eye as well. So, you know, from my perspective, it's kind of like when people are, you know, if, if you're a musician and you go watch a band, I'm pretty sure you're tuning to all of the ways that these, you know, people on stage are playing their instruments, right? So I think for me, it's just like if I were to see that, how could she Im- even improve in, in the way that she goes into her campaigns, mm-hmm. I could see like, oh, cool, if we added and tweaked and fine-tuned this piece, you would show up even more powerfully than you already are, right? Yeah. Um and so these are just like the, the edges that I guess we could, we could, you know, make even push the edge a little bit further. For um, sure. For sure. And I love that. I love how this overlaps like this, this like piece about expression and embodiment with stepping into the feminine energy even further. And I'm so, I'm so passionate about this topic because I feel like I was able to step into my feminine energy even further and therefore tap into my intuition, tap into my emotional beating and have more empathy and understanding and less judgment through this entire process. And I feel like there's so many people that are also in the same situation across America, like across the world, but really in America, it's such a a accomplishment driven culture and Mm. everything is about um, like in Western society, it's about success and accomplishment and that's where the self-worth stems from and in Mm -hmm. the like if you go to like you know anywhere out east thailand bali it's just so different and people are so sure of who they are they're definitely not accomplishing the same things but they're very true to who they are there's not as much depression there's not Mm -hmm. as much um, anxiety people are just very very calm with what they are and i think it's because they have this piece like it is a little bit more feminine, more embodied, more expressive in those ways. And, I, I, you know, I feel that. And to add to that piece, I feel like a lot of the disconnect and the depression that we're having in our country and, you know, why all these men end up coming through and the mental health issues that we're having has a lot to do with connection and community and lack thereof. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the dancing... Uh, community brings such a level of connection to others that the social status goes away, the sexual preference goes away. You literally become unified and you remember at the very human level that you're just sweaty people. You're just fucking dancing to this amazing music and you don't give a shit about anybody else's social status at that point. Right. And, and who's accomplished what it's like, who cares? You're just having the best time and to create communities that have this essence of just our heart. Our heart is really what matters. And when we come from the heart, we get to create naturally because we're inspired. Yeah. And we can create from inspiration, not from fear, Mm -hmm. not from fear of not being enough from fear of not doing the right thing from, you know, or not going for the things because you're in states of fear and doubt of 
failure, et cetera, which then creates depression, which then creates blah, blah, blah. But I definitely feel that in these other countries, there's a lot of um, family aspects and community aspects that here in the States, it's a lot of self, um, there's a lot of self-love work and all those things are fine and dandy. And I believe in, you know, loving oneself. But I also believe that there's this misconception around uh, needing each other. And I feel that a lot of people shy away from, oh, you're, you're, you're being needy. No, it's human to need each other and to dismiss that is to dismiss your own humanity, which is causing you to have a sense of separation and make you feel like you're sovereign and in your power when you can do all the radical self-reliance. That's cool that you can radically be self-reliant, but really remember that we're all parts of the puzzle and each one of us, we need each other, right? Mm-hmm. We need each other and to not forget that. And it's not coming from a place of like, neediness as how we tend to do it. But I think that that concept of neediness has made us shy away from just the basic human need of community. Yeah, for sure. That's great. And Unleash provides that. Yeah, it's, it's exactly that. So, so in a nutshell, just to give it to you in a nutshell, (laughs) right? Unleash is here to activate people into their full Mm self-expression and create unity through the embrace of individuality. Mm. Beautiful. That's awesome. That's so great. (laughs) And I think that's a great place to kind of wrap up. If you can leave everybody with uh, one thing, one thing yeah. that you feel has totally transformed your life that could help somebody else um, mm. either step into expression or step into deeper self-worth, what would that be? Mm. For sure, follow your highest excitement. Follow your heart. Always let it lead you. It's always going to guide you in the right way, even if it's scary. Trust yourself more. And anything that creates fear and contraction within your body, acknowledge it, notice it, but don't shy away from it. Be like, get curious about what that is about. What is the belief that you're having that is creating this fear? And in the acknowledgement of that, you create awareness. And in that awareness, you can then go towards it. One thing I also say about fear is to go down the path of like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Go down that rabbit hole. Okay. And you keep talking about it. It's like, okay, well, if I don't make money, then I can't pay my rent. If I don't, um, if I don't pay my rent, then where am I going to live? Okay. Maybe I'll live in my car. Okay. And what if I lived in my car, right? Literally take yourself all the way down the rabbit hole because you're going to reduce moment to moment the level of fear that you actually have by accepting and embracing it. And then you can get out of fear way faster. Mm -hmm. And lastly, I'm just going to leave you with um, a little bit of a a poem that I wrote. And this is just a little piece of it. And I think, I think that this is coming from just the Amazon fires and it says, it goes, 
It's that fire that provokes desire necessary to create worlds and beauty to inspire life. Oh, life. What a present that requires presence. And your angelic essence gives us the opportunity to access our creativity. Blessed you be. You were destined to be a muse that paints itself infinite use. Mm, that's beautiful. Mm, Yadi, thank you so much for sharing those beautiful words. Thank you so much for your presence, being on this podcast, going deep into your story, being vulnerable about your journey into your own self-expression and embodiment. Thank you for being on this podcast. I greatly appreciate you. Yay. Thank you. Thank you, love. For the last thing, unleash.splashthat.com. Mm-hmm. If you're out here in LA, at Unleash Movement for my Instagram um, or at Coach Yachty. And feel free to connect in any way with me. Any questions that you might have, I'm happy to support and answer. And I just want to be of service. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm.